Warning. The following broadcast is not approved by your teacher, university, politician, or government. Side effects may include skepticism, better reasoning skills, liberty, peace, and an escape from the woke. Welcome to the show. I am your host, L.B. Muniz, and this is the Been Awake Podcast for Better Sense Making, and you are listening to a portion of episode 86. So if you missed the last episode, this is the new show format. I'm going to be doing live streams a couple of times a month. You can join those for free and watch the entire two hours, three hours, whatever we end up doing together, asking questions, participating. You know, let's bounce ideas off of each other. In this episode, I'd go through a bunch of stuff. And if you want to get the full unedited episode, all you have to do is become a member of the Been Awake Elite. But in episode 86, we talk about Mexican Independence Day in Chicago, Gavin Newsom making the climate crisis simple, Matt Walsh versus Pearl Davis talking about red pills and, you know, these new ideas about marriage some people have, Lauren Boebert getting caught getting with a little hanky-panky at a date at a Beetlejuice Broadway show. The military's moral imperative being abortion. Trump talking abortion on Meet the Press. About a little bit about RFK and how he loves America. The new Senate dress code. Dumb, a dumb, and then a bunch of dumb videos. My la- the last little bit is a bunch of dumb videos, like something dumb Charlie Kirk said, something dumb someone said defending communism, and then this dumb guy that I saw on X taking a sledgehammer to his shotgun. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Make sure you subscribe with your email at beenawake.com and follow me on all social media. Let's get into the episode. Okay, we're going to have some fun uh, with this story as well. So there was... Uh, So you you might not know who I'm, but you're, you're going to know at least one of the people that I'm about to talk about, and that's Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. Now, Matt Walsh has, to his credit, made his bones as a writer and podcaster and commentator for a number of years now, and he's also the guy who did the documentary What is a Woman, which not for nothing was actually pretty decent. You know, if, you, if you're well-steeped in the lit- literature, uh, if you're well-steeped in the literature, yeah, you might not think it's that interesting, but it's still... I think for people who don't pay close attention to politics, it's a great way of looking. It's a great lens to view a lot of the gendered craziness that's going on right now in the, uh, let's see, in the, oh, here, this one will be fun, in, in the current Senate. So, hmm. I'm sorry, I'm pulling out for the next story. So Matt Walsh is one of the people involved. And the other people is this per, this girl, Pearl, H. Pearl Davis, pearly things on, on Twitter. And she is like, she's one of these, she's like part of this new breed of commentator that's like anti-feminist and very much from certain internet subcultures that have now reached uh, a higher, I guess you might say, level of cultural consciousness. And I could be, I could be, I could be misrepresenting her. I mean, she's generally speaking conservative, but most of what she talks about are men's and women's issues. Um, specifically, she normally takes the vein defending men against uh, the excesses of modern femininity and feminism, as the case may be. So I don't really know where this started. Um, being honest with you here. 
but it let it got it's gotten to this point. Matt Walsh and Pearl are arguing about whether or not it's right for people to get married, I guess A, and people for people to get married young B. Most of this back and forth that I've been able to kind of uh most of the back and forth is it's really petty. Like this is just the kind of loose, pointless back and forth that's very popular on a platform like Twitter or now what it's called X, right? It's very popular on a place like Twitter. And it's and it, it doesn't really feed your soul, but it's but it's worth enjoying. And it's it gives me an opportunity to kind of comment on some of these cultural issues given some recent personal revelations that I've had. So she's going back and forth and here's here's a point that she makes. According to Pearl, put her up on the screen here. The issue you're going to get with trad cons is they are typically all above average in some way. They live a different reality. Tall, wealthy men, successful, are better able to recover after a divorce. It's the average man. Average men. The truck drivers, construction workers, the plumbers that are financially ruined and contemplate suicide. Men are eight times more likely to commit suicide after divorce. So you get these rich men encouraging men to sign up for marriage without warning them of any of the risks. They have spent too little to no time listening to what these men have gone through, and their solution is just pick a good woman. They have no idea how much a woman changes during a divorce, and typically there's nothing the man could have done. I feel profoundly sad that this is that this is anywhere in popular discourse. And what's very interesting about this, it, it I'll be honest, it, it is anti-marriage, right? It's against the institution. It's against the idea that you can find love and that you can find a partner in the in, in the opposite sex. Here's what I think. Let's 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 build. The, I like building from the ground up. So we're not really gonna we're gonna look at the tower that they're building. But I want to try and build up build from the ground up here. The reason why it, it like there's many different factors we can look at for the state of divorce and the state of marriages and the state of this that, and that. But I think this has more reason to do with it than what most people want to admit. Because what's what's interesting about Pearl's tweet here, right? What's interesting about this tweet is how much it mirrors leftist rhetoric. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I'm fond of saying right follows left. And I don't think and I think because there's a natural reactionary element to whatever modern right-wing political ideology is. Right? We're talking about these things in, in a couple of different ways. None of these, a term like right and left can never map perfectly. So why is it that somebody like myself finds themselves in the same, in the same rhetorical space as somebody like Pearl, who is encouraging young men to not get married? Now, what would I say? It depends. It, and of course, it really does. For a lot of people, getting married young might not be a choice, an option, or even plausible for where they are. But that doesn't, but I think there's where what's interesting, the nuance that I want to draw out of this 
is what the intention for society should be. That's what we're, this is what people mean when we're talking about the culture wars is, is a fight over the beliefs, rituals, and practices of people. So what should be the operating paradigm for people, quote unquote, in the conservative right-wing space? Generally speaking, it has been an ethic that promotes the institution of marriage and child rearing. And what's very interesting about the, about something like Pearl is how that kind of draws it on its head. Now, they have their own logic as to why, which, to be fair, for the, for the purposes of this segment, we're going to get into. But notice, again, remember what we talked about in the last, well, you know, this is going to get chopped up. So in one of the other segments from this live stream, I, I talked about a story of a guy in Chicago who claimed he was racially profiled when the streets of Chicago were overrun with people celebrating Mexican Independence Day and clogging up traffic and creating chaos and creating massive traffic jams that basically left you, rendered you stationary trying to get anywhere downtown. And he had to, he had to talk about how Mexicans weren't welcome in the city, a city that that can happen in, right? Like a city where, where in reality people weren't welcome they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be able to get to the point where police were having to shut down the roads because, frankly, it would have been stopped well before that. And that's a problem with the excess of what's going on right now. But so to here, I think there's anybody who becomes a political commentator and as you know, somebody who's followed this world closely for a number of years, who, who makes no compunction about the fact that he enjoys media and, and has thought about and would enjoy being a media figure, there's something about the incentive structure of being a commentator that leads you to this position where you have to stir up controversy for no reason. And one of the easiest ways to do that in our society and in our current, in our current form is to basically act like a leftist on the right. And it would, so she deploys this very, to me, funny populist rhetoric, right? It's like, see, trad cons are really elite. I don't know if you know this, even though to me, that's anybody who calls himself a tradcon is probably young and not making a lot of money. But they say tall, wealthy men are successful and better able to recover after divorce. That's true for the record. Divorce is awful, by the way. Nothing, there's nothing good in divorce. The truck drivers, construction workers, the plumbers that are financially ruined and contemplate suicide. It's not just the truck drivers and construction workers that are, con- that are contemplating suicide. There's like this. This is the funny thing, right? Like truck drivers, you earn a good living as a truck driver. Plumbers, you earn a great living as a plumber. And construction workers, it varies, right? Obviously, there's a low end on the construction worker on the construction worker pay scale. But there's there's this there's this faux folly amongst media people because they're so cloistered from reality that they don't understand that there's probably truckers that make more than like a pearl. Right. Or a lot of these people who are hustling to be content creators because they keep their heads down. They do the dangerous routes and they make good money doing it. Same thing with plumbers. Plumbers can earn a very good living. And I say this to say that there's plenty of white collar people that are ruined by the by divorce as well. So it's not enough to just have a quote unquote good job or be quote unquote wealthy. It tends to ruin most people's finances because most Americans don't have good finances because of the debt laden society we live into, blah, 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 blah. So you, see, so you get these rich men encouraging men to sign up for marriage without warning any of them to any of the risks. 
again, what's hilarious about this is this entire this entire sphere, right? And and, and for people, you know, it it goes by a few different names, but a lot of people will call this like the manosphere or like the red pill community um, or the men's rights movement, I guess, to a lesser extent. Manosphere, manosphere is is kind of the catch all term, and what these guys. I, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I get, I'm going to get this hundred percent right. But from what I understand of how people like this operate and how people like this, um, how people like this go is they regard feminism as anathema, right? They're not big fans of the feminist movement. And they believe that this has created a larger feminization within society, which is like many things has 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 a kernel of truth to it right i'm i i make i I, i've spent a number of years baby baby stepping around the issue but i make no bones about being a not being a feminist now i have a reason for that the biggest the, the simplest way the simplest reason why i'm not a feminist and the simplest reason why i'm not part of the manosphere are is the same because what the manos, what to my eyes, what a lot of this stuff is, again, there might be good kernels. We're not, we're not talking about people who, div, who advocate for the rights of fathers and divorce here, right? That's a separate issue from a larger cultural political question that we're trying to drive at with this conversation. And what dumb exchanges on Twitter will do is complicate and muddy those waters by design. So that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the rights of fathers and divorce. We're not talking about the problems of no-fault divorce per se or just the laissez-faire attitude towards divorce. Well, that is what we're talking about, the laissez-faire attitude towards divorce in society. I'm not even saying that the, that the... And there's also an interesting lag. Let's stay on that for a second. There is an interesting lag because, in general, a lot of the states have updated... A number of states have updated the divorce proceedings to be a little more balanced that doesn't mean there aren't a lot of instances where the man in particular has a lot of issues in divorce courts it is to say that it's not as bad it's not as bad state by state as it once was maybe 20 years ago to the extent that i know this field you rely going back to the tweet They've spent no little to no time listening to what these men have gone through, and their solution is just pick a good woman. Well, yeah, that ultimately is the solution. Whatever other this is, this is so important about this is so important about escaping the cult of American democracy that we talk about here. Is understanding that it it there is a large degree to which it doesn't matter what the broader cultural trends are, especially if you disagree with them. The answer is still the same: a life well lived. And so to the extent that it's to the extent that it's possible, you need to try and choose a good woman as a man. And as a woman, you need to try and choose a good man. Yes, all the signals, we'll probably get into some of them here in, in the larger stream there, so there'll be other sections released of this. There are plenty of issues with the modern dating market. I experienced a lot of them. Plenty of issues with it. Plenty of reasons to advocate, plenty of reasons to believe that at a high level, we don't have any cultural influence supporting monogamous marriage, right? We see the, we see the rise of this weird polyamory group and just the general degradation of a traditional 
marriage to to have and raise children amidst amidst a demographic crisis but whatever we'll leave that to the side so where is this subculture coming from that's saying young guys in particular shouldn't get married and maybe men shouldn't get married at all well it comes from frankly i think a place of fear and i understand the fear very very well because it's very scary to go through a regular breakup let alone a divorce and for a lot of us out there, myself included, we experienced that. We experienced divorce on the other side, right? A lot, of, a lot more people today grew up in households where their parents were divorced once, maybe twice in their, in their formative years. And that changes your attitude towards finding a long-term stable partner. It's not, it's not like this stuff comes from nowhere. And moreover, for the people that still say, well, hey, I'm going to try and find somebody. They find somebody who seems nice, man, man or woman. They find somebody who seems nice. They get married. They might have a kid and then, start, and then things start to get tough. But I think there's a reason for that. And it's, and it's not, it's not going to win me any friends to say it. Part of the reason why so many marriages end in, a, in divorce is because most of the time people don't actually do the work they're supposed to to find a good person for them. Once upon a time, in a smaller and smaller population societies where monogamy is reinforced, the larger cultural force right at a higher at a higher resolution would it be a higher or lower resolution the point b we're zooming out from society when there's the cultural reinforcement at that high level we might say it does make it a little bit easier i would argue for people that are both good people but maybe not good for each other to make something work because there is a stigma attached to splitting up Obviously, we're going to make exceptions here for horribly abusive people, but it's but even that situation follows the same vein that I'm discussing here. See, I think my my personal view of this, from what I've viewed of people who have gotten into relationships and out of relationships, is this: most people fall into their relationships. And there's almost zero intention behind it. And when I say intention, I mean like not, not, not intention in that you, you don't want something to happen, but intention, but intention from the standpoint of you are going to do the diligence to make sure that somebody is compatible, that, that, that you're compatible with somebody else. Because we live in a time, we live in a world that calls for that interesting enough that's actually what pearl's kind of trying to drive at here in this beginning part where she talks about that you know people are people who are above average the future world does is not going to do well for below average people but it doesn't really benefit pearl to say those things because you know maybe a lot of those below average people are the are the people who like her content but not you because you're watching this Religion as a cultural force 
can ameliorate the idea that most people don't. Most, most of the time, right? How do most relationships start? I think you're cute. Do you want to go on a date with me? More or less. Oh, you are attractive in some form or another. I would like to see if you are attracted to me so that we can, you know, do things together that only people who are attracted to each other generally do. That's, that's the beginning of most relationships, isn't it? Let's just, let's just peel back some of the romance and the veneer of niceties about it. You're sexually attracted to somebody else and that's why you try to go out with them. And that's why you try to get in a relationship with somebody. That's your intention behind it. Not lofty moralistic ideals of the future. That's not, to the extent that you adopt that, it's after the biological impulse. And I think those, I think those things are very important. It's something that I talked about when I was dating. And one of the reasons why I had to go on a lot of dates. But let's not pretend, let's not pretend that everybody gets into these amazing relationships. Now, we all think our relationships are unique and perfect, and, as, and many of them are. But that doesn't, change, that doesn't change the fact that your monkey brain is also doing a lot of the thinking, especially at the beginning. And, you're, and the way our bodies are programmed to work, because we have the capacity to pair bond, and the capacity to mate, to, which is to say, the capacity to mate for, to one person long term for the purposes of child rearing. There are biophysical things that happen to us in the early stages of a relationship that can push us to a certain point. And in the past, where we lived in a world that wasn't so, well, let's just say at your service, you didn't really have much other choice besides making it work with the person that you ended up with, as it were. But today calls for more. This is the positive thing about the world. And one thing that we have to keep in mind is that you don't get to just choose the cute girl if you're a guy or the guy if you're a girl. You don't get to just choose somebody based off their looks alone and everything's going to work out because everybody around you is going to stay married and you know everybody thinks staying together is a good idea. That didn't really work in the past either, right? There, you know, like it, you know, some of this, a lot of these things are really poor representations of what actually was. But we want, but but that's but that's not the world. We live in a world where you have at your at your fingertips whatever your heart desires. You can have your own virtual companion if you really want to, and that's probably only going to get better over the next few years. You can talk to somebody across the world at a moment's notice so you don't have to make conversation with your neighbor as, you, as you're cutting the grass because that person across the world likes everything that you like. So you don't get to just, so, so listen up, guys. You don't just get to rely on society to help you find a mate. It doesn't exist. And that's why you have to try and be better. And yes, if we want to talk about the problems with that, I'm happy to. I have talked about them in this episode. Go check out the archive. I've experienced many of them myself over the years. So I understand where I understand where somebody who finds this appealing comes from. But there's but there's one thing missing, which is a strong ethical norm or foundation. It's not a good ethic to say to think of marriage in only contractual terms. And this is why I don't like the manosphere or feminism is because they have the same answer to the problem. They have the same, they have, they, they make the same problem just in different forms. 
they separate out something that's supposed to be together. Because it's one thing what you should do with random members of the opposite sex in your life. This is, this is, this, these things are dangerous because they tear apart the fabric of intimate relationships between two people. Feminism separates the feminine from the masculine and says that the masculine is evil, thereby forcing feminine, thereby forcing women to be more like men because they can't trust on, they can't trust men the way that we have for years. And so then the men's rights and now the manosphere red pill springs up to talk about the dangers of femininity and the virtues of men. And of course the answer is both. And yeah, there's, there's some select advocacy, like I said, with the divorce proceedings in particular, that there, that, that there's some good work there, but this is where we're at now that I find so fascinating with these sorts of conversations about like that, that purposefully tell young men not to get married and don't think about, and you shouldn't really think about marriage because what if she divorces you? Well, I'm here to tell you that I don't think that happens if you do, if you actually do the work beforehand. I think the way Pearl is, react, is reacting to the shred. The obstinance on display from this, from this mindset demonstrates why marriages fail. A lot of times, financial issues are a big part of it. But, but that usually stems from, my, in my experience with divorce, is that someone isn't willing to compromise, that someone begins to view their partner as the problem because someone isn't being their authentic self. Nobody should suggest rushing into marriage ever, 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 ever. That should never be the thing. But that doesn't mean that marriage is the problem. It means you need to qualify your damn leads if you ask me. And yeah, that's not the easy, that's not the easy answer of woe is me. Society should be nicer to men. No, I'm not into that. And I don't think you should be either. If society isn't where you want it to be, rise above it. Rise above it and find those who are trying to rise and rise with them. That's it. And then to the extent you can try to change things, you change things in that individual way through your actions and your demonstration. But instead, this is, and instead what we're kind of having is like, oh, did you know feminism is bad? See, that's still part of the cult, man. That's still locked into a mindset that says if we just argue about things, we're going to get better. If you like what you heard today, go to inawake.com for future updates. My name is Albi Muniz, and I am not one with the woke.